Aloha, this is LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast, and this is Stephanie Colvin. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I am traveling. We've got so many fun things going on in the family with summer arriving and uh, lots going on, and I'm so excited. We've got birthdays coming up and then Father's Day on Sunday. So I am going to be replaying a interview that I did with Sandra Hole. She is the wife of Cody Hole, who is a missionary that came out to Ventura County. We spent um, a good amount of time together and uh, developed a very close relationship. I just come to love him like a son. I just think he's awesome and he's got himself a wonderful wife. Um, I asked her to share her testimony of Jesus Christ and how she obtained that and that interview will be up next. Next week will be a brand new episode, but until then, please give a listen to Sandra Hole. You will be moved and touched by her testimony of Jesus Christ. Hi everyone, I'm Sandra Hole. Um, I'm 21 and I live in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I'm sure my last name sounds familiar because my husband Cody just recently spoke on this podcast about repentance. Um, but anyway, so Stephanie asked me if I would talk a little bit about gaining a testimony of Christ. Um, I just want to put a disclaimer out there to everyone. My story isn't the prettiest, um, and it can deal with quite a few difficult subjects. Um, I'm sorry if I cry in advance. It's a very difficult thing for me to talk about, um, and re-experience, but I'm also a little bit of a crybaby, but... (laughs) Um, here we go. So I was born into the church uh, with a convert mom and a member father. They're two amazing people that have always taught me a lot in my life. They, um, we would have great family home evenings and beautiful times together. Um, they have always taught me and my siblings about Christ and the love he has for us and the love that he has for others. Um, they've always taught us about the love that we need to have for others as well as ourselves um love has always excuse me love has always been the foundation of um my life and of what i thought other people's lives should be and how our church is led and how it is congregated and the love that was supposed to be through it all of it Anyway, so I'm going to time skip a bit, and I'm going to say that my journey kind of starts at the age 14. Um, it was summertime, and I had just finished 8th grade. I, uh, I've been dealing with some very difficult things. I have severe anxiety and depression, as well as a few other mental illnesses um, that don't thankfully come into play during this story right now. Um, I had been struggling with a really bad secret. Um, and because of that, I was really, really struggling with myself, um, and who I was and, you know, my image, my self-esteem and everything, you know, you're, you're 14. It, it's a hard time for teenagers. So one day I had finally been arguing with myself back and forth on what I was going to do and how I was going to fix whatever needed to be fixed. And so one day I came out as bisexual and an impulsive Facebook post. I didn't tell my parents, you know, I had, my sister had found out cause I had told one of my friends and she'd seen the text and she was a huge support. And I was like, you know what? So far I've got nothing but positive responses. So let me just put it all out there. It can't be that bad, right? 
<laughs> what else are you supposed to be at 14 years old other than impulsive? Um, so, I I remember leaving it there, not telling you know anyone, and just getting all these great you know responses. We love you. We're proud of you. We support you from all of my friends at school. And uh, I had added a couple members on my Facebook, and they had screenshotted the post and sent it to my bishop, who is kind of like a minister. Um, he's the leader of our um, church in a in like a smaller sect, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Um, so he called then called my parents um, and told them, and they were shocked. Um, we had a, me and them, we had a, a talk and they told me that they loved me. They told me that they didn't support it necessarily. They thought it was a phase, you know, everyone kind of goes through this phase of trying to figure themselves out and that they love me. Um, but you know, I wasn't allowed to act on the feelings and everything like that. It was very hard to hear. Um, but at least they still loved me. At least I still had a place to stay. Um, and, a, and somewhat of a support system. I was kind of lucky in that department. Um, sadly, this was the easiest part of uh, my journey. <sighs> Excuse me. It became a long and difficult path after that. Um, all of these beloved members that I, you know, had been treating me like their child and everything like that started treating me as a problem. Um, I was in Young Women's, which is kind of like a youth group for the church. It ranges from uh, ages 12 to 18. Um, I had grown up with these girls. And I loved them as sisters. Um, they had seen me kind of like a mom. Um, it was really great. And they were just... They were a good support system for me. They didn't care. They loved me no matter what. It was the parents that started acting differently. That, you know, became the biggest hurts in my life. Um... They, the parents would show up to our activities and stay the whole time kind of watching like hawks. Um, and they would pull the girls away from me every time I tried to talk to them. Um, they wouldn't talk to me very nicely. Um, in front of my mom, they would act all nice and friendly. But to me, there was a lot of harsh words said. A lot of pity and, you know, fakeness. Soon, um, the bishop same bishop as before he called me into his office um this was a downhill this is what made everything else go downhill um he told me that being bisexual i was sinning and that i needed to repent of it and that god would take this burden off of me basically essentially pray the gay away um i was given rules I was not allowed to be alone with the other girls, these girls that were like my sisters, and I was not allowed to be alone with them without parental um, supervision or some type of guardian or anything. Um, I was no longer allowed to touch the girls, meaning hugs, hand-holding, them putting their heads on my shoulders at any time, anything like that, I, um, which was hard for me. I'm a very affectionate person. Physical touch is my love language. But I understand the rules of consent, and I fully believe in it, and I would never, you know, do anything like that. Um, soon after this, uh, friends from the church would started calling me an abomination. Um, 
an abomination to God and told me that I should kill myself to uh, rid God of evil on the world on the earth. Excuse me. Um, I was told this by parents, by adults, by uh, kids, by teenagers, anyone that knew my story had an opinion on it. But I wasn't allowed to have an opinion on it. I was allowed to sit there and take it all. I was bullied, abused, accused of assault and um, molestation, molesting these girls at church. Uh, I was picked on. I was made an example of. Uh, this happened until I was 18 and aged at a young woman's. Um, the bishops changed soon after that and the rules were lifted and it became a little bit easier on me. Anyway, my testimony started developing when I was about 16. Um, I was having a very hard time. As I said before, I have severe depression and anxiety. Um, I had been cutting myself and it had soon become my addiction. I was in therapy and I had been in therapy for years. Um, but it wasn't really working, uh, no matter how hard I tried. Um, so about 16, my sister had left on her mission, my big sister, the one that was my support system. She left on her mission, um... We were having really hard troubles with my brother at that time. Um, He and I are very close. They called us the twins. Um, And so it was hard on me and it was hard on him and it was hard on the family. And plus that, I was going through personal issues. I was going through hell and back. I was tired of being a burden. Excuse me. Um, On Easter 2015... I, uh, I took 3,600 uh, milligrams of strong sleeping pills. Um, the goal was basically to kill myself. I was tired of it. I was ready. I wanted to no longer feel this pain. Um, I was happy with my decision. I had come to peace with it. Um, soon after, about five to ten minutes after I'd taken everything, um, my mom had burst in saying that she, um, felt the spirit saying that she needed to take, just, he was saying the name of my medicine. And she, uh, the poor thing for her, her whole life, she's just been really terrible at medicine names. They're hard, terrible, but she had just kept getting the distinct name of it and so she came in and was like hey where's your your sleeping pills and soon after um she found out that i had taken them all 911 was called um and my siblings were heartbroken um i want to say my first spiritual experience uh, that really impacted my life was when i was putting on my pants to go to the hospital now i know that sounds ridiculous but through the midst of everything, screaming and crying, my little sister was has really bad anxiety. So she was throwing up and everybody was screaming and crying and just, it was a whole thing. And I was calm. I was very calm and I was very... My mom thinks it was because I was, you know, really high on sleeping pills. But for me, it was, you know, I knew it was the spirit. and He was telling me everything was going to be alright from here on out. Excuse me. I was going to get the help that I needed. Um, that I was going to be okay. And that Heavenly Father loved me. Um, so I went to the hospital. Um, 
uh, one of my favorite people from the church who was like a second who is like a second dad to me came and stayed uh, at the hospital with me um he gave me a blessing and i was over the, i was there for for overnight and for a day i was in the icu i had fluids i was okay there was no risk of me dying anymore uh, i was stable and so they put me in a mental hospital, I guess, a behavioral school um, called Legside. And I was there inpatient for two weeks um, with girls and boys alike that had all raging at all different uh, problems and mental health and everything like that was crazy. Um, we got intense therapy, um, group therapy, by ourselves therapy, family therapy, um, it was amazing. Uh, there was this one girl there. Uh, she had lived a very, very hard life. Um, and she had just found God the last time that she had overdosed. Um, and so, But she was struggling really hard because she was going to be released soon. She was aging out of the program. And she had asked me to pray with her. Because she knew of my faith and knew that I was a spiritual person. Um... So we sat in this hallway of of our of our dorms, um, watched on by nurses, and volunteers, and we sat there and we prayed for five ten minutes. I lost track of time, honestly, and it was such a a beautiful time, a beautiful experience of here are two different people, two different stories, you know, connecting through this this pure love of Christ, this. This person that has, you know, always been there for us, you know, has never left us alone. Um, I, I was one of the lucky ones and took to therapy very quickly um, and got a lot of help. And soon I was taken, you know, put in the outpatient program. It was kind of a, a school type thing where we had still intense therapy, but we learned um, how to deal with it. It was very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, they called me Dr. Phil there because I was always the one to be like, hey, you know, welcome to Lakeside. It's not that bad. You always have a friend in me. It was it was actually a great experience, and I really enjoyed it. Um, then I did more intense therapy in the, uh, another outpatient program for six more months um, until my grandmother passed away. And we had to stop therapy because I, we had a funeral and then I graduated from the program. It was a whole bunch of things. But, um, it was very difficult after that. I wish I could say that after that everything was beautiful and roses. Uh, but honestly, I still struggled really hard with, um, with the gospel and with the church and finding my testimony and who I was. Um, I was still getting bashed on all sides, but I now had the tools to help. Um, I was allowed to kind of branch out and be who I was and who I wanted to be. Um, I made a lot of wrong decisions, and none of them that I regret. Um, but I did the best that I could in situations that I had no experience in. Um, but through that all, through all of that, I, um, I had always 
turned to prayer. I I had so many special experiences that Heavenly Father allowed me to have. Many of them that, you know, that are just crazy. Sometimes I think I just made them up, but then you get that feeling that it it happened. And it was beautiful, and it it helped me along the way. And, um, man, being the stubborn person that I am, that I really needed them. It was kind of like a conk up the head. Like, hey, we're here. You know, lean towards us. Let us help you. You're not in this alone. Um, and so I decided that I was going to go on a mission um, once I turned 18. Um, which, you know, God had different plans for me. Uh, because of medical reasons, I was not able to go. Um, which really hurt me. Um, because I was here I wanted to dedicate my life and to, you know doing these things um and I couldn't again you know uh, it was really hard but um but soon after I I met my husband and that was really nice he he really helped me through all that I'm sure I gave him quite a scare because I was like I'm gonna go on a mission and he was like no marry me instead and um it was really hard and he's really you know he's light of my life he's really helped me um like stabilize myself in in the gospel and everything like that um there's one scripture I'm not as uh as well read in the scriptures as he is um but there's this one scripture that I take to the most and it's my favorite scripture and I believe it's Proverbs uh three five through six I'm pretty sure it's Proverbs but it's um it says trust in the Lord with all thine heart um, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Oh, that's so difficult for me. I don't trust easily. I, I have a, a hard time trusting. Um, but to to take that leap of faith and expect him to catch you was always so difficult for me until I had to do that. That's all I had. Well, that was my only option. Uh the most broken that I was, the only option was to to fall into his hands, um, and I was caught every time, every time that I stepped back or I stumbled or you know, I relapsed into cutting again. I've I'm almost four years clean, and it's still as hard as it was that that first day of taking that step. You know, with with dealing with hardships and everyday life things, you know, stress, work, bills. The gross adulting things we have to do. <clears throat> it's hard. And right now, um, I'm actually having a little spiritual trouble as it is. Um, struggling with it a little bit because of the hardships of life. But I know, and Cody doesn't let me forget it, but I know, you know, he's there for me. And that he, as soon as I'm ready for his help, you know, he's right behind me, you know, r- extending his hand waiting for me to reach back um it's life sucks but there's so many joyous times in it and sometimes we just kind of look for that joy you know sometimes our joy isn't in spiritual things such as scriptures or prayer but in you know puppies or you know animals but not in a gross way. But like, you know, cute things. Cooking, 
baking, music, and, you know, it's something that we have always had and have been afraid to to look for the positive in our life because there's that looming fear of negative wanting to crush us that that af- being afraid of failure uh, but i i know that with heavenly father's help with his with christ as well you know he 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 helped he died for us he felt everything we felt he has gone through everything that I've gone through, gone through everything you've gone through, and he understands just as well as we did, as we do, through this hurt and this pain. He remembers it like we remember it. Um, and because of that, he was he's able to hold our hands through it and guide us through it, even if, you know, we don't feel it, even if we don't see it. He's there waiting for us, loving us. Uh, it's hard. It is. And I keep saying that because it is. Life is hard. You know, all of this is hard. Trusting in something you can't see is hard. But you could feel it. And you can... You can trust in it. I don't know. I, I'm i really not here to convince you to... to to you know trust in this thing you can't see but to just tell my story my story excuse me and to hope that it helps that you know not everybody's story is the same everyone's is so different and it's not always the cookie cutter way of oh i read a scripture and now i know the church is true which if that is your story that is your story and to be proud of it and to love it you know there is no one correct way to to find the gospel, to find this love of Christ and love of Heavenly Father. It's your story. It's it's the way that you live this gospel. That's important. Not what other people think about you, not how you you know, how you react to it, but how you find it. It's the journey. It is. It's the journey. It has always been the journey. Um and Honestly, I wish you you best on your your journeys. I hope that you find peace and that you find love, and that you find happiness and joy, and that you you don't become afraid to fall, but you find that bravery to fly. Um, and with that, I I have nothing else to say. Um, so have a good day and be safe. Um, I love you all. And, you know, don't let anybody say that you're not good enough. You're not a burden to people. You are the best you there is. All right. Bye. Sandra, thank you so much for always being open, real, genuine, and just sharing yourself and your testimony with all those who listen. It's very, very powerful, and you're right, we do feel it. And we are all enough. We all must be our unique individual selves as we add our voices to that choir of unity and harmony. Thank you so much for joining us this week. You guys are awesome. I so much appreciate your support. I have partnered with spiritualcrusade.com. There's several of us who have partnered together who are all Latter-day Saints. 
and shining our lights together out into the world for those who are awake and looking so that they can find the Savior, His church, and His kingdom here on earth. And I will be telling you more about that next week. Until next time, be safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful. And please remember to be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Much aloha and love. God bless.